0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Dong and Rompa podcast. Today, Marin and I are joined by the amazing Nezumi Va, aka Marcy, who makes awesome video essays about Dong and Rompa and other topics on YouTube, and we were so stoked to get to talk to her today. So, without further ado, wait, hold on, there will be spoilers probably in this episode, and we should give you a heads up that this uh, episode will spoil.
1: The entirety of the Dong and Rompa series.
0: And that's it. Without further ado, I'm Marcy. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two.
1: Welcome to the Dong and Rompa Podcast.
0: Showtime. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime.
2: Yeah, Marcy, (laughs)
0: welcome onto the pod. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty well. How about you?
0: Doing good. Yeah, hanging in there. Amazing.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Marin's doing
0: really well today.
1: I am. I'm actually. So I'm a nurse (laughs) uh, in my non-dong and rompa hours, and so I just switched over to day shift. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying seeing the sun. So I'm
0: very good. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Definitely. I need to see the sun more often. My sleep schedule is horrendous.
0: Yeah, I can really relate to that right now. (laughs) <laughs> um yes well anyway marcy thank you so much for coming on the show we're really excited to have you and i know a lot of our listeners are excited that you're coming on too well
2: thank mm-hmm. you for having me i really appreciate that
0: yeah anytime yeah. well the first thing we're gonna ask you is to tell us about yourself who are you what in your own words you know you can talk about rompo related things or non rompo related things but whatever
2: you want to tell us about yourself to start is now's your time. Well, I guess uh, primarily I do voice acting for the most part. That's what I've been doing for most of my life before doing YouTube stuff. That's kind of how I started doing YouTube in the first place, was just because when I was a little kid, I really liked voice acting. So I was like, I need somewhere to show people that I can do voices. Um, Back then, you know, it wasn't exactly uh, the greatest, but I I learned a lot over time, I guess. Um, And then I I guess um, several years ago, uh, sort of during the big influx of video essay, YouTube, um, especially with Bomber guys stuff. Um, I kind of just, yeah, I was watching a lot of that kind of content at the time. And I was thinking, hey, eh, well, you know, I could probably do something like that. And there are a lot of things that I like that I don't see get brought up in uh, sort of video essay topics like that. So I thought, well, maybe that'd be a good opportunity to sort of branch out and do something different and talk about stuff that I don't see talked about as much. And Danganronpa was definitely a big part of that because, you know, you see Danganronpa reviews, you see character rankings, stuff like that. But I wanted to sort of uh, talk more in depth about, I don't know, I guess just like a lot a lot of the story thematic stuff that I really enjoyed. Um, so that was sort of the impetus behind that. And also I just wanted to share my experience with the series coming off the heels of uh when it was unlicensed and you had to go way more out of your way to sort of uh scrounge around for information about it before it was more widely accessible
0: yeah definitely I mean I know for us too that was kind of why we wanted to start a podcast is because we wanted to talk about the themes as well um Mm -hmm. so yeah totally relatable love that yeah so Mar, um yes Maren your question now
1: (laughs) no yeah and I think you actually just answered it really uh it was what inspired you to start making video essays but like with the whole you know your passion about the series and and Mm. having to look for it I think we definitely feel similarly as the Ultra Hope Girls you know like we wanted to get kind of into the nitty-gritty of Dong and Rumpa and those themes
2: absolutely because I think you know I mean Danganronpa definitely has its problems obviously I will grant that much but like I I do feel that some of its uh deeper aspects are oft overlooked in some aspects you know it's just uh I I wanted to show more appreciation for that sort of stuff that I think gets ignored sometimes
0: Yeah, yeah definitely what are some of your favorite video essays that you've created
2: um well other than the Danganronpa ones I I honestly at this point I do still think that those are probably some of my best work currently, but I guess that's just because I've been doing them for like the past year. The V3 one is probably my favorite. Second would probably be the Ultra Despair Girls one. Um, but other than Rampa, I would say probably uh, my Umineko video is one of my favorites. I made this one video a while ago, which it, it's kind of rusty now looking back on it, but not a lot of people were watching me back then, but it was uh, Ironic Enjoyment and You, uh, which was sort of about like, you know, the experience of liking something ironically and whether you, you know, that still qualifies as sincere to me to some degree. Um, that one was really fun. And I'm trying to think if there's any others that I should bring up. Um, oh, I did one about Undertale a couple of years ago now uh, that I really enjoyed. And I'm actually following that up pretty soon.
0: Oh, <gasps> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> That's awesome. So exciting. What? Oh, I'm so excited about that.
1: Yeah, I love your V3 video too. I literally, yeah, so good. And Thank yeah, you. it just touched on so many things that I feel like a lot of people don't see very frequently. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, especially you... with V3 because it's so controversial. <laughs> right.
1: Right, definitely. When you, like, sit down to create a video like that, um, what is your general process um, for creating the video essay?
2: Well, uh, usually um, what I would do with the Danganronpa videos especially was I would basically go and I would, you know, open up the game. I would start recording and I would do, like, maybe a chapter or half a chapter a day uh, of recording um, and while I was playing it, you know, I would be reassembling my thoughts because, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, I've played all of these games before, uh, multiple times. So, you know, I, I still have like residual opinions in my head from when I played them back then. So I'm just kind of gathering my thoughts over again um, during that process. Uh, while I was doing the first several videos, uh, I would basically wait until the very end of recording to start writing anything. But for the V3 video, I actually did it a little differently where, uh, I would play a full chapter. And then after I recorded the footage for that, I would take like a day off and write script stuff for that chapter and then record again, write again, et cetera. But, Hmm. but yeah, so basically that's sort of how that goes, uh, record first, then write, um, then You know, uh, during the writing phase, I sort of like go around uh, and gather more notes about the production of the game to add alongside everything else, Um, you know, try to scrounge my brain for like personal anecdotes related to the game if I have any. And then um, then I'll usually like talk with a couple of friends on the side, too, to just like help gather my thoughts into a more coherent uh, stream of consciousness. Um, I talk to Austin a lot about that sort of stuff. Um, and he's very helpful with helping me gather my thoughts and sort of put them to words a little bit better. And then, uh, once I've got everything done with that, I just come down here to my booth record for God knows how many hours and trip over my words a million times until it's (laughs) edited down into something that sounds right. And then, uh, I just take that audio, uh, gather together all the assets that I'm going to use and start editing, which takes, you know, anywhere from like a week to two weeks to however long.
0: Wow, wow, that is a lot of commitment and time. and thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for your work. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: is your favorite part of that process? or do you have a favorite part of that process?
2: Well, I mean, every part of the process definitely has challenges to it, so to speak. Um I think if I had to pick a favorite though, it would probably be, well, actually, it is kind of difficult. like it, it's somewhere between the writing and the editing, the recording can screw itself. I hate the recording. <laughs> um, but the writing uh for like just you know, being able to see my thoughts put down and being like, "Oh yeah, I think I really put this very well in a way that I enjoy like the way it was articulated." But then with the editing, it's very fun because especially when I like come up with a gag in the writing that I'm like, "Oh, this would be really funny if I did this." And then being able to see how it comes across in the edit is like Oh no. Yeah. This is, this is going to land. I can feel it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, definitely.
0: Particularly
2: yeah. Uh, if, if you recall in the V3 video, there is a gag where I uh, put Bonzi buddy on the edge of the screen and that made me laugh really hard while I was editing it. <laughs> so I was looking <laughs> forward to seeing what people would say.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Um, One thing I love in particular about your essays is the, kind of research that you're able to find like external mm-hmm. from like playing the games and I was curious like what your process is for finding this information because it can be kind of tough I mean and it sounds like you were on like Tumblr era in mm-hmm. Tumblr era Danganronpa Def- so maybe that's part of it but definitely. anyway I'm just curious to hear like your find how you find information
2: mm-hmm. yeah definitely that's uh, a part of it for sure um, I remember back then there used to be a lot of like translated like articles and interviews and stuff usually in stuff like um oh god why am I blanking on the name of the magazine all of a sudden uh oh famitsu yes famitsu a lot of famitsu articles and so usually it'll be stuff like that um I know that there have been like a couple of I I think like art books or or like blurbs in art books stuff like that that uh either Kodaka has written he's done like a few YouTube interviews as well I think Usually I would go back to those and just like listen to things he would have to say about that. I know there are a lot of like sourced interview tidbits on the wiki as well that I definitely scrounge for and try to follow those sources back and see kind of if there's more like additional incidental information or things that he said and stuff like that. Um, so that's generally how I go about finding that stuff.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Uh, Do you have any advice for people who are beginning content creators, you know, looking to get started on YouTube or
2: Um, or
1: even like voice acting that kind of half of, of, mm -hmm, you know, what you're doing mm -hmm.
2: for content creation on YouTube? I think my biggest piece of advice would just be to uh, make what you're passionate about to begin with. Instead of like trying to jump onto what content would potentially be popular, I would just start off with what you're most passionate about because I think that sort of energy uh, communicates to an audience very well. And then if you start accruing an audience and you want to worry about metrics a little bit more, then that would probably be the time to do that. Because when I started off, I just was just making videos about stuff that I liked that I didn't see anybody else talking about. So you know, I, I think I got a little bit more excited about it because of that. Um, and that kind of helped me maintain that momentum when I started having to uh, consider my subjects a little bit more. Um, as for voice acting, that's that's definitely a whole can of worms. Uh, and <laughs> it, it mostly comes down to like, I mean, obviously it does come down to a lot of practice, a lot of like taking workshops and classes and getting advice from fellow VO artists and stuff. But to a degree, it also just comes down to being in the right place at the right time. Um, my first uh, role that I did that was like of any word uh, of any note really was like, it would just happened to be like, I saw a post in a Facebook group and sent an email. And I just happened to be like one of few people who saw it. Yeah, it's just, you know, a mix of practice, practice, practice and luck. Um, cause I was, I've been practicing VO since I was like 11 and I only got a role like a couple of years ago. I'm turning 27 this year. So, oh, nice.
0: Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you have a lot to be proud of, I'm sure. Um, and what are some projects you've been a part of for voiceover that you've enjoyed?
2: Well, um, my very first one that I was just talking about that I really enjoyed was, uh, It was a show called Veneno on HBO Max. It was originally in Spanish. And then uh, we did the live action like dub over track for English. That was about, uh, you know, a very prolific uh, trans woman. And I got to play her at one stage of her life. That was a huge honor, honestly, because like learning just about her story and stuff, she was incredibly inspiring. And, you know, the more I learned about her, the more I just really felt um, happy to have been able to play that role. Other than that, I've done a couple of uh, podcasts with friends. Um, there was one I did a couple of years ago, uh, Null Slash Void, um, which is really good.
0: Yeah, I've heard of that.
2: It's, huh. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And then there are a couple that I really would like to talk about, but I can't yet because yep. they're <laughs> under NDA. So, uh, but I'll be sure to be talking about them when I as soon as I possibly can. Yes.
1: And listeners, we will be linking Marcy's um, like Twitter and and all of that. so make sure you follow and and you can stay tuned to hear what she's got going on coming up.. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you originally find out about dong and Rompa kind of swerving into the dong and Rompa themed questions?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, like many others in the early days, uh, I found out about it because of a forum user on the Something Awful forums named Orin Ronin. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, not that he needs it for me, I guess. But <laughs> um, And back then, of course, uh, Danganronpa was just on PSP. It hadn't been translated uh, into English officially. I think Super Danganronpa 2 was pretty new at that time. Like It had only been out for maybe a couple of months in Japan or something like that. Um, and I read that form thread where he translated the game religiously. Uh, especially because at that time uh, I was a huge homestuck nerd uh, and Mm. it was going on some fairly frequent hiatuses at that point. So it was like, everybody was looking for something new to do or to uh, get attached to. So it was Danganronpa and uh, off were the big ones for me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I'm just laughing because I know. Anyway, you know, (laughs) you know, the experience. That's cool. Well, um, so you've done analysis deep analysis on all of the games which one's your favorite and why
2: well, <laughs> that is a tough one because uh of all the main three games i definitely like there are things about each that i like more than the others particularly uh, for the longest time i used to say the danganronpa one was my favorite just because i don't know it has It has the best atmosphere, in my opinion. It's very claustrophobic. It makes you feel trapped like the characters are to some extent. Uh, And that lends a little bit of a surreal feeling, especially with how the school is designed and all the crazy colors and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed that. Um, And also, I just think, you know, the story um, is very self-contained at that point. So it feels very cohesive and one and done in a way Mm. that the other ones don't quite. Uh, just because they're borrowing from the history of the previous ones to build off of. That said, uh, Super Rampa 2 uh, is just, it's kind of a masterclass all of its own. Uh, It has wonderful characters, probably my favorite cast of the entire series. Um, The twists are really awesome. um, And I just think the themes really come together extremely well by the end. So it's, it's probably between those two. Uh, no shade to v3 i like a lot of its (laughs) ideas as well i just think that perhaps not all of them were done quite as well
0: yes we won't say too much just because we're currently in our v3 Mm -hmm. season and we don't want to spoil our all our thoughts but yeah i want to get ahead of ourselves but yeah (laughs) yeah we actually just oh go ahead go ahead i was gonna
1: say how did you feel about the anime compared to the games um Uh... i haven't had a chance to check out your your video on that
2: Oh yeah, I I made that one a long time ago. Um, But yeah, I mean, the anime is okay generally. Uh, I think it's like you know, it's passable. But um, at the time when it was first coming out, I was just really excited that there was going to be an anime. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm glad to see this. Um, And the first couple episodes I thought were pretty good. Uh, The farther it went along, though, the more I was like, I found myself kind of trying to be like, no guys, it's it's not that bad. I I, uh, you know, they, they just don't have enough time. And then by the, by the end, I was like, okay, yeah, I I've kind of been <laughs> playing devil's advocate here a little bit. It's, it's got problems. I think, you know, if you're the type of person that doesn't enjoy reading very long visual novels, it's a fair enough summation. It's better than just reading, reading a wiki article. But, uh, uh if you are, I'm more predisposed to playing games like that then I would just say play the game instead
0: <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah the anime it's funny because the trigger happy havoc anime is how I've gotten my friends who do not play games like that mm-hmm. into Rumpa so that they understand what this is that we do here <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's um, definitely
2: a good kicking off point for that right. sort of thing
0: and then it's like because sure. I watched the anime first, and I was into the anime, and then I played the visual novel, right? Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm into this enough that I I could commit to the book, right? Um, yeah. to the book. So, who are some of your favorite characters?
2: Uh, in the first one, or just in, in all general? of them? Okay, um, and feel
0: free to just rattle them off.
2: Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> well. I've made it no secret that probably one of my favorite characters in the first one is Celeste. Um, Other other than that, I I mean, I really like all of the protagonists in each game, obviously. Um, I actually really like Saihara a lot. Um, I think he should get more credit. Um, Other than that, uh, let's see. uh, I really love... Oh, by the way, I probably should disclaim, I'm sorry if I confuse anyone by using the last names. That's just what I'm used to. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so it yeah. just comes naturally to me. But yeah, um, really like uh, Kazuyu in Danganronpa 2. Um, Ibuki, obviously, as well. <sighs> who else? Who else? Uh, Jihiro is a big favorite. Um, Junko is obviously an all-time favorite. Uh, Hinata, in particular, of the protagonists is probably my favorite one, just because I, I really related to his arc a lot. I, I felt his emotions very strongly. Kaede <laughs> um, yeah. and Maki, yeah. I, I think off yeah. the top of my head, those are probably my smattering of faves.
0: How, who do Did you she... have any you don't like?
2: Mm, yeah, <laughs> uh, not not a Terateru fan. Sorry, Terateru yeah, yeah. fans. Um, terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know if. The... <sighs> I'm trying to think are like are there any characters in the first one that I don't like and I honestly can't think of any like the closest to a character I dislike in the first one would probably be Togami but you came around i i like him
0: do do you know do you understand that those are controversial words
2: i do and i and i don't care
0: (laughs) no i'm just i'm just messing with you and i was actually gonna say in in response to that 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 is one of the reasons why i think for me personally the first game is my favorite is because i think that they did a really good job redeeming almost every character in that game Mm -hmm. in a way you know so it's like And that's why I like, I'm, I joke, I'm like, oh, those are fighting words, but not really because I understand like (laughs) that the the nature of, of the first game is sort of like everyone's opinions on all the characters are going to be different depending on who you talk to. And I think that's the beauty of it.
2: Because I Um, I feel like actually the DR1 cast gets a lot of flack from people for that reason. But honestly, I think it's what makes me like them a lot just because, I mean, uh, immediately likable characters are great. Uh, I have a lot of characters that I like like that, but I do really enjoy characters that are sort of three-dimensional in the sense that they are kind of flawed and petty at times, uh, but you can still see their good qualities and understand where they're coming from. Mm. Yeah,
1: for sure. I was so sure you were going to say Hifumi, and then when audience <laughs>
2: How, well, I mean,
1: we need to put the Fiyaki a jingle right after
0: <laughs> rest of the oh, I
2: gosh. think, like the thing with Yamada is, I mean, like I, I definitely there are uh, obvious traits of his that I dislike. I think the thing that prevents me from hating him is just number one, um, a lot of his more niche anime gags are things that I know about, so I appreciate them. Uh, and number two, uh, he's voiced by Kape Yamaguchi in Japanese and he's a legend. I love him so much.
0: That is a really good point. Nice. I hadn't even considered
2: that. Uh Inuyasha, yeah. uh Shinichi from Detective Conan, uh Usap, love him. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. awesome.
0: All right, everybody, we are going to take a quick break, but before we do, we just want to let you know that a great way to support our podcast is to give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. This really helps other Danganronpa fans find what we're creating, and um, yeah, it's a great way to help out. Another way you can help us out is by becoming a patron. The lowest tier is just $2 a month, and you get access to a bunch of bonus episodes, and we just really appreciate the support in any way that you're able to. We also have a Twitter and an Instagram where Ultra Hope Girls podcast pretty much everywhere. And thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing and awesome interview with Marcy. Make sure you stay tuned for the rest because it's pretty awesome. All right. We'll see you after the break. This episode is brought to you
2: by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot.
1: Um, so you said that Hajime is your favorite protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, can you rank the protags from favorite to least favorite? Oh, that's... I'm very
2: curious. <laughs> well, that's I I should disclaim that uh, even if somebody ends up on my least favorite spot, I love them all. I think they're all <laughs> <Okay>. great. So, <laughs> but yeah. um so yeah, uh, obviously Hinata would be at the top. I think right below him let me think about this very carefully. Um, <laughs> hmm. You can't
1: take this back
2: ever. This is your yeah, opinion this is from Hermann. Her final, locked yeah. in. I think probably second place would have to go to Naegi. Mm. Um, yeah. In third place,
0: Interesting. too much legacy, you know? It's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I, I get I, it.
2: There's just a lot tied up in his arc that I'm invested mm-hmm. in. Third, probably Komaru. Uh, Just because she's very spunky, she's very fun. Uh, She was kind of unlike the previous protagonists that we had at that point. uh, So I appreciated um, her input a lot. And then right behind her would probably be Saihara, because, like, you know, uh, I just didn't have as much time with him as the other ones. But I still really enjoy a lot of things about him. Uh, In particular, I just think that his emotional vulnerability is a breath of fresh air
0: yeah
1: I know we only had Kaede for a short period of time um would she then be last
2: well uh actually I would put her above Sire <laughs> but um gotcha. but no shade to him uh I just I love Kaede she's great I know yeah. she is really sweet we
0: yeah replaying for the season of all girls I, like Marin and I used to not really like Kaede very much but in replay I think it's like hmm becoming yeah. clear how, yeah. like how important she is and oh yeah to be the it, especially
2: when when you take into account a lot of the things that she says to saihara early on in the game um right they become very resonant later on in the game i'm, I'm not going to get too into it but uh, her <laughs> words her words to him on the elevator down to the chapter one trial in particular are they're very good yeah
1: yeah that's so true yeah and i think just like reframing
2: like we talk about it a little bit in our
1: chapter one um which will come out i think before this episode will come out if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. um so i can share it here but yeah we talked about a little bit like reframing how we view like female protagonists versus you know the guy Mm -hmm. protagonist throughout and like know yeah just kind of interesting ways i think that the public kind of views each or has expectations for each so she's definitely definitely way higher on our list than than when we first played through the game Mm -hmm. plus i said the uh, oh interesting about makoto because we actually ship caroline with makoto that's a pretty big running we don't need to talk about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) no let's talk about it a little bit. We didn't need to bring this up, Marin. <laughs> no, <laughs> just it's kidding. really important. <laughs> oh God,
1: <I> refocus. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have any favorite like cases from the games, like chapters?
2: Oh, um. Yeah. Yeah. I let's see. I'm gonna. Pro- I'm. I'm gonna try to think of a favorite for each one. Rumble one, probably the final trial. Actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, just wow. Because, uh, I. I just I just love how it comes together. I love everything yeah. about um, the themes of the game and Junko as she juxtaposes those. It's great. Danganronpa Two. Uh, I feel like it would be a cop out to say the final trial again, even though that's that is kind of true. So, but but as a runner up, I would probably say trial two.
0: Okay. Oh wow. Um, Very nice. Yeah,
2: I I really enjoyed the uh, game within a game framing. Um, plus, uh, Twilight Syndrome is just very fun um i appreciate a lot of things about the series itself so it was nice to see it cameo elsewhere uh, especially considering it's kind of dead now um yeah. yeah and then for v3 somewhere tied between 1 and maybe 4 oh, oh
0: interesting <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh
1: man <laughs> yeah i think we did a little bit of research coming into this because uh one thing that we do want to talk about with you is obviously the difference between like the localization and, and the current mm-hmm. version but we did do some research on that um and the fourth the fourth trial is definitely yeah. something that i think it is changes differently
0: mm-hmm. if it's, you kn-
2: yeah it's definitely very uh, interesting in that respect, uh, particularly with, and this is no shade to voice actors, by the way. They're all very talented. I think they're awesome. But I do think it is very interesting how certain characters change in how they're directed, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. And then which Dong and Rumpa characters do you feel the most similar to?
2: Oh, most similar to. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Maybe one from each game. I like that theme.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay, so then for the first one, maybe tied somewhere between uh, Maezono and uh, Mukuro. Why? Um, Mm -hmm. For Maezono, I very much relate to that sort of like that nervousness about uh, always sort of being reliably in the public eye. um, Because it's like, you know, you want to put yourself out there and you want to make sure that people... um, don't forget about you. And I I can kind of relate to that fear. As for Mukuro, um, she is, you know, forget about her actual talent. She's the ultimate people pleaser is what she is. (laughs) Um, And so true. I definitely relate to that as well. um, In just that, like, I I have had a lot of, you know, times when I was younger that I struggled a lot with, you know, trying to uh, be the best version of myself in other people's eyes until I got to the point where I started caring a little bit more about my own opinion
0: <laughs> yeah but uh yeah.
2: but yeah so yeah. for Danganronpa mm-hmm. one that would probably be it for Danganronpa two yeah probably Hinata <laughs> just because yeah. my my man's he's going through some stuff and <laughs>
0: <laughs> and aren't yeah, we I all think I think yeah. we probably just leave
2: it at that <laughs> Um, Well, I mean, also, there's just the whole thing with uh, Kamakura very much reminds me of a lot of the pressure faced by it to just do well academically, to be seen as smart and capable and employable. (laughs) So uh, those anxieties are something that really ice picked my brain when I played the game for the first time. Um, And then for three... Let's see or V3 rather maybe Kaede actually. Aww. Nice. Um, I I I enjoy that she is like always determined to try to find something positive in a situation which is something that I try to do more nowadays but I also relate to the fact that she second guesses herself a lot and she has a lot of anxiety surrounding, you know, am I being a good influence or am I, you know, actually getting on everybody's nerves, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, definite moral battle in mm-hmm. that gal's head. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh.
0: Cool. Nice. All right. Wow. Well, let's talk about some pre-localization versus the mm. the English official English release. Um, so we had not really been familiar with the pre-localization until mm-hmm. you and also Key Komeda entered our lives yes um and so and and we even like Marin linked a post here that was in the description of one of marcy of your videos mm-hmm. um and it about v3 and it was yes. like we didn't yeah. even realize all this stuff that is you know anyway but the question i was curious about is what do you feel like is law lo- has been lost from the pre-localization to the official official english release that you think is important to understanding like the themes of the story and it doesn't need to be v3 i honestly Mm. would love to hear your thoughts also on trigger happy havoc and sdr2 but yeah um
2: yeah i think in general like when you look at the big picture of the localizations i think that for the most part they pretty much impart the same stuff um mostly the things that i get a little tripped up on are just I wouldn't want to say incidental, but there are things that you wouldn't notice in the broad strokes as much. But uh, in particular, I think the uh, Ultimate as a title, um, I'm not particularly fond of it. Um, I know that some people say super high school level is a mouthful, and I do agree with that. But I think part of what made it very, how do I say, fitting for the series itself is just because so many of those early games revolve around um, a critique of sort of like the school system and in particular hope speak is a very like um, abstracted uh, hyper over the top version of that, in that uh, they value sort of like utility and talent more than they actually value the people underneath that. Um, and then so the whole super high school level thing becomes sort of a microcosm of that pretentiousness of like, mm. you know, oh, you're the best at something for a high school or this hyper specific thing. But like we right. get to give you this title where you're revered and recognized and talked about on the Internet for it. It's just it's it's all very silly, you know, so that's actually True. why I think the fact that it is kind of a mouthful and weird sounding fits is because yeah i mean it's goofy it, it evokes a feeling of aren't you taking yourselves a little bit too seriously um yeah well and... i think
1: also like that title like the kind of syntax of ultimate means one and it's something mm-hmm. we've discussed on our podcast is how can there be multiple like ultimate right. detectives um whereas like super high school level like it's just more of a like a rank, almost mm-hmm. like you you qualify for it so you can be called that. Um, yeah. So in a way, I feel like, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense for for that phrasing.
2: I think actually one of my favorite examples of this would probably be uh, Ibuki, because in the original, she's uh, the super high school level light music club member, uh, <laughs> as opposed to the ultimate musician. And these you know they give off a similar vibe in some ways but they're definitely like if you look at the nuances of that you're kind of almost saying two different things at that point because you know she's the best in high school at light music club which is a very specific like <laughs> niche of music as opposed to I'm the number one at all music
0: <laughs> right absolutely yes Oh, that's, so, that's so true
1: and like that compared to Sayaka compared to Kaede like mm-hmm. all three are musicians in their own right but you know to have Ibuki be the ultimate right. musician it's like right so she then higher and you know yeah
2: yeah so it's just you know with those specific uh clarifications I think it sort of makes some of those talents make a little bit more sense in some ways but also, right. I, I think it does just sort of tie into that overall picture of Hope's Peak as an establishment in a very a uh, fitting way. That,
0: uh, it, oh, I'm so sorry. I was just, I'm now now, now I'm like on this thought process and I'm yeah. thinking of how like, Tenko is the ultimate, like, or sorry, super high school level Neo Akito. But it's like, of course she is because she made it up and she's the only one that knows right. how to do yeah. it. <laughs>
2: exactly. Oh God. Um, That's so true. And then- Anyway, I'm trying to think what, if there was something else that I wanted to say about that. Um, oh, yeah. Um, uh, in particular, I just think too that that ties back very well into who Jinko is as a villain when she sort of you know, the whole premise of her original killing game is trapping people in a high school and like, you know, getting out is graduation and you want to graduate, but you're also tense and nervous about the outside world and what will, what it will be like. And then at the end, she comes careening in to be like, the outside world sucks. There's nothing for you out there. Don't you just want to stay in high school forever? And it's like, yeah, I, I feel like what you're doing here is, <laughs> like it, it definitely has its roots in that anxiety uh, of yeah. actual schooling of being you know of coming up in high school and not knowing what you're going to do with your career or, or like economic insecurity uh, job insecurity that kind of stuff uh, obviously taken to a much cr- more cartoonish extent but um but as a metaphor like as a framing device I think that works really well
0: yeah That's so true oh I love that the wow. wisdom in this zoom call is impeccable right now <laughs> just you marcy, marcy. We're, we're just yeah, being educated
2: we're <laughs> describing <laughs> i i'm i'm just some gal it's just funny. some gal <laughs>
0: oh.
1: oh man wow i'm gonna think about that for a long time i'm curious do you think that the metaphor from trigger happy havoc then is the same or a similar metaphor than in sdr2 and v3 um like that overall like kind of fear of growing up or fear of you know stepping into a place that you don't know what's going to happen into
0: Mm
2: -hmm. i i think uh definitely in sdr2 uh insofar as i think it just kind of takes that metaphor and then runs a little bit farther with it yeah um whereas dr1 sort of uh focused a little bit more on that initial anxiety of leaving behind schooling and sort of growing up into an adult, I think uh, SDR2 sort of expounds upon that by being like, well, all the more anxiety inducing for people who were failed by the school system, too. Right. Um, they have. Oh my ad- gosh! Yeah, they have an added layer of anxiety of like, you know, well, I mean, the system... Never really accommodated for me in the first place, so like I don't even have anywhere that I can go, um, which is precisely why you know they were vulnerable enough to be scooped up by Junko in the first place because she Whoa. was able to wow. sort of appeal to those uh, insecurities inside of them and tell them you know you know nobody wants you but I do. Um, Marcy,
0: where have you been, gal? Yeah. This is
2: awesome.
0: Oh well, she's gosh. been she's been on YouTube what? doing oh, yeah. her thing over there, and we're over here in.
2: And little podcast bubble
0: yeah wow um, super That's cool
2: awesome. as for v3 uh again i i don't want to get too into it just because like you know you're doing your season right now but um as far as that goes i think it definitely tries to hit a similar vibe but since v3 is also kind of going for something different i think it does try to separate itself thematically to be to be able to stand on its own a little bit more um So I think that anxiety isn't necessarily like not about school anymore, but I think it also is just more about sort of this anxiety we as people have about storytelling and what we enjoy and what we take passion in and the fear that we feel when we feel like it's coming to an end um, and how we try to stave that off as best as we can to the point where like, we are willing to make concessions like uh, you know making a billion entries in a franchise that probably doesn't need them because we don't we just don't want to say goodbye yet
0: <laughs> right yeah. and it's so it's also interesting i'm thinking about this you know now this theme of like growing growing up and like what happens after school and we saw you know a surge in the dong and rump popularity for dong and rompa during the pandemic
2: yeah and absolutely
0: that now that you're bringing this up as a, as a theme it makes a lot of sense to me why a lot of young people got into it during the pandemic because it was this like perpetual state of like what's happening what's mm-hmm. next you know well i'm um, being
2: trapped too <laughs> right
0: literally i know yeah. it's just yeah anyway it all it's all connected um yeah oh yeah
1: i feel like in v3 too there's a little bit more one of the things we talk about a lot in our podcast or I talk a lot about it and Maddie and Caroline laugh at me is how much the kids are to blame for the situation they're put in Um, and I feel like in v3 there is a little bit of a blame shift in that the implication is that all of these people signed up for what they're participating in
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I'm curious how you've feel like that might alter the kind of end scenario of you know like in the first one we've got like you know you're leaving school potentially and like it'll mm-hmm. be okay in the second one it's like the system failed you but like what what about the third one maybe with like having to take some responsibility potentially mm-hmm. for things i don't know is there do you have any thoughts on that i feel like that's a very vague question <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I definitely see like what you're kind of getting at, because yeah. uh, I, I do find that really interesting. Uh, one of the things that I actually get comments about a lot is, oh, well, you know, she could have been lying about that, too, though. Like it, it could have just been like, you know, a, a setup to True. make them think that they did that. And it's like, well, yeah, that's I'm not arguing that that's not the case. Uh, I just think it's personally, in my opinion, I just think it would be less interesting that way. Um, because I feel like, you know, there is a big story impact coming with that sort of implication of like, oh, you, you did this on purpose. You wanted to do this because, uh, I think I, with the school stuff in the first two games, I, I feel like there was a lot of emphasis put on the fact that a lot of these kids wanted to feel special. Um, and they, furthermore, they wanted to be seen as. Uh, useful to society in a way that they would always be relevant, that they would always have a place to go or to belong or, you know, people to see them, et cetera. Um, With V3, I think, you know, in that respect, it maybe is taken to a sort of logical extent um, where it's like, if you want to be seen badly enough, you will do anything to get that attention. And Mm. once you get to that point, it's like, uh, yeah, you're willing to probably do some not so great things um and so i think at that point we have to sort of like step back and have an evaluation of like you know if if this is how far people are willing to go to get attention to be seen as worthwhile then like we have to be doing something wrong
1: right yeah like where are we failing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and and what can we do to make sure that they don't feel like they have to do something like that
0: right to to feel like like that being known for something is better than being in, like fading into obscurity.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I would, and you can cut this out if you want to, but uh, one of my favorite lines in the entire game for this reason is it's in, I think it's in chapter four when um, Maki says to Saihara, she says, uh, you're Shuichi Saihara before you're the ultimate detective. Don't forget that.
0: Oh, Crying <laughs> forever at that. Oh oh, yeah. Wow. I yeah. cannot wait to replay the whole of this game now. This game is so good. Yes.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow.
0: Huh. Good job, guys. I'm just going to sit and
2: think about this for a long time. <laughs> I know.
0: Like, good job getting existential, which is what we kind of hoped would happen. Yeah. So thank you, Marcy, for your yeah, for for your real. willingness to go there.
2: That's, that's just what I do. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Us too. <laughs> like, all the time. Literally um, all the time. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah, curious, like, do you uh, have any Oh sorry, go ahead. Was,
2: no, sorry. I all I was gonna say was uh me and Austin talk about a lot of like anime and stuff that we like uh whenever we have long car rides together sometimes, and that is inevitably where it goes every single time.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just yeah. gonna say, like, do you have any recommendations for like anime or uh, other video games that you like?
2: Oh, um, or yeah. That people
1: who play Dong and Rumpa might like.
2: Absolutely. Um uh, all of those are probably going to come with some disclaimers, of course, however, um, because yeah. that's just that's just how it works with anime stuff. Yeah. You just gotta be willing to look away from the uncomfortable stuff as best as you can. But yeah, I, I think my biggest visual novel recommendation of all time is obviously going to be Uminako, When They Cry. Um, the When They Cry series in general, I think, oh. is just really good. Um, it's my favorite story. Like, it's Some of my favorite stories of all time, but Umineko in particular is just like, if you have a relationship with detective fiction, if you enjoy mystery, then I think it, you know, it's very interesting in that like, it provides you an interesting mystery to go into, but then the further you get, the more it sort of grapples with the genre and the things about it that people love. And I think it asks a lot of really interesting questions in general about that sort of stuff that made me incredibly emotional Just, you know, obviously Mm. be on the lookout for uh, a trigger list for that series, because literally anything under the sun, like if there's a severe topic that could potentially bother you, it's probably in there.
0: Okay. Gotcha. That's good to know know, for sure. We played um, the first chapter, or I guess the first part of that for, we uh, like, one of our Patreon things is mm-hmm. a book club, and we did, like, that for a book club one month, and it's one of our patrons, her name's Hannah, her favorite series, so. Yes, um, it's, um yeah. I,
2: I had somebody in my comments very recently tell me that they had, you know, like, they would checked out, uh, Umineko because of my videos, and they were like, it's quickly become one of my favorite things of all time, uh, Another person in my comments the other day said that it officially, quote unquote, ruined other visual novels for them. Uh, so that was interesting <laughs> to hear. Um, That's high praise. That's yeah. really good, yeah. Uh, other than those, though, because those are like my obligatory recommendations, Higurashi and will always be the big ones. But other than that, any stuff by like Pillow Fight, like um, We Know the Devil or Heaven Will Be Mine, are mm. really, really good um and in particular if you're looking for something that has like very good and like complexly written lgbt rep those are just very good places to start i mean if you've if you love danganronpa and you haven't played ace attorney at this point i don't know what you're doing you gotta (laughs) do it i think i've
1: only played like the first three chapters. i way behind. <laughs> attorney.
2: I'm. I'm gonna be making some videos about that series this year. So oh hopefully, yes. Hopefully that will. That's spur all the some
1: prompting people. I need. Yeah. Right.
2: Um, and then, I guess those are like good for video game recommendations for anime. Some of my all-time favorites, anime-wise, are probably like Full Metal Alchemist, Utena, Revolutionary Girl Utenna. is really good. Uh, Evangelion, obviously. Mm. Um. And then for some more recent examples, uh, I've been really enjoying the new Gundam series. It's it's very good. Um, it's very fun, but also has uh, as much dark shit as you would expect from a Gundam series. And then, let's see, um, a part six of JoJo just ended. I guess I don't <laughs> need to be the one to recommend people to check that out because it's, you know, it's kind of unanimous at this point. But uh i think was
1: was that the one with kira buckland yeah she she was okay yeah Yeah. okay
2: yep um and obviously like you know i love that series and i think the way that part ends is just very thematically resonant with the series in general so you know if you if you've cared about jojo's bizarre adventure at any point i would implore you to check out part six in particular yeah those those are the ones off the top of my head oh Mm -hmm. i i watched Jo recently too uh that was fun um that's pure dumb fun no story whatsoever (laughs) if you just want like a goofy bs please watch Joe. fabulous
0: I mean we we always want that right yeah
1: (laughs) all right um well how can we as the Ultra Hope Girls and also our listeners how can we support you what's the best way to support what you're doing and uh, what you're working on
2: well um I guess just you know watching my videos and commenting on them is probably the big thing just because that helps them algorithmically other than that i have a patreon that i link in all my videos and a ko-fi that i link in all my videos uh for people who either prefer to pay you know a little bit per month or just one and done um and other than that i guess social medias that's a that's about it basically
1: well, you heard her, folks. Uh, go do all that.
0: And all the links or are else. in our episode description yeah. as well. Or else.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> and all the links are in the episode description. So please, please check out Marcy. She's great, obviously. She's here. So pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Marcy, it's time for perhaps the most anticipated activity of this entire interview. Oh, boy. Which is <laughs> bed, web, ahead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um And during our interview today, Maren has concocted a list of characters that we are going to play with, and these are the characters that you said you're most similar to from every game. So okay. we are going to be picking between Sayaka, ha- uh, my I'm going to do uh-huh. both, Hajime Hinata, and Kaede Akamatsu. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I everyone... feel like
1: the characters, like if you pick the three characters you're most similar to, it's like um astrology, like, like your zodiac chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like which one is your? Um, it's like sun, moon, and rising. Right. Right. Am I so crazy? wait?
0: No, I hear you on that. Okay. Wait, marim what's your? I'm. I'm now. I'm thinking about the astrology chart thing. Sorry, I'm not about anything. My.
1: uh My three people are Taka uh Nekomaru
0: and uh Kaito Mm, right uh, and you are a uh wait Mm. you mm. I think I'm I think you're a Taka moon
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm um I can't believe we're doing this Marcy (laughs) please forgive us I think no I think I'm a
1: Taka moon a Nekomaru sun Sun
0: and Kaito and Kaito rising
2: absolutely yes as I Marcy, does like, this make any sense? Oh yeah, I I I I've dabbled.
0: I've dabbled oh. in the astro- Haven't we all? We're all well I was I was, I was oh, gonna yeah. say we're all queer here, but Maren's well, yeah, not. Exactly.
2: well <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay.
0: Marin's uh, an honorary. I mean yeah, if, if you if
2: you've dabbled in astrology, then you basically are honorary.
0: All right. Oh, yeah. Marin's like, thank god I joined the club. <laughs>
2: Oh wait. Okay, now
0: I want to do mine. Hold on. Okay, yeah. so I'm toko Sonia and Smoothie. Mm.
2: Gonna go with. Sworn, I had mine somewhere, but
0: your your chart.
2: Oh mm-hmm. <gasps> wait, get it. I'm so oh, excited.
0: I think I am. Hmm. I think I am definitely Sonia Rising. I agree. Yeah, completely. I'm very nice.
1: I think you're a Toco Moon.
0: I think I'm also a Toco Moon. Yeah, and then a uh, Smoogie Sun.
1: Yeah, Boom. because I feel like the Toko, like that's more mental game, whereas your core right. is more of a Smoog. I don't think your core mm-hmm. is a Toco.
0: Right,
2: right.
1: Yeah.
0: No,
2: it's true.
1: All right, Marcy, it's time for us to evaluate you. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah, yeah, you there for we go. Forty-five minutes. I, I found it. Um, oh oh yes. yes. Okay. So uh, my sign's Leo. Uh, yeah, my same. uh, rising is Virgo and my moon is Virgo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I
0: love that's funny.
2: Well, I love it, which is uh, awesome.
1: Leo's unite, am I right? Was Leo's
2: uh, unite, but yeah, that that led to one of the uh, funnier conversations I've had with a friend who's very into astrology. They looked at that and were like, Oh, this explains so much, and I was like, Yeah, elaborate. And they were like, Yeah, well, um, you're very like, obviously, like, Leo is really obvious. But, like, the two moons are insane. Like, there's something wrong with you.
1: <laughs> oh, my oh, my gosh. That's really am. I am I'm a Leo sun, a Sagittarius moon, and a Cancer rising. Mm. Which I remember when I first said that, Caroline, you said that the Cancer rising checked.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, cancer. I'm a mm, Scorpio sun. Scorpio, mm. um, Libra, Moon, and Aquarius rising. Oh,
1: because I'm Interesting. go with
0: the flow like hey. water. <laughs>
2: sorry. What a diverse stuck. group of gals we got here. We've got so many homestucks.
0: <laughs> okay, let's um get back to ah, that. Sorry. Yeah, uh, um, sorry. I really um, took this and skirt. <laughs> All right. Okay, Marcy, we're going to have you go last because mm. you're our guest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Marin, do you want to start? I like that
1: we make our guests go last. I, I think know. that's. Well, it's like <laughs> yeah. the grand
0: finale. You know, the people want to know yeah. what that's right. Nezumi VA's picks are for. Yeah, like I'm actually going to speak. Strapped in. Right.
1: I'm going to speak as slowly as possible so that the tension really builds. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am going to wed. Hajime, Hinata. Oh okay. my gosh. Love him. I actually got paired with him for our bestie fix waifu um episode. Um, I think, right? Wasn't that my yeah. S tier two-pick? Yeah, okay, Crazy. Um, yeah, we're we're wedding him. Um, I'm going to bed Sayaka. I don't really have a good reason. I just looked at the two choices and that's what my gut said. Um <laughs> So, yeah, and then I would behead Kaede. Oh, Dang. Sorry, gal. This is a theme of episodes where I say really nice things about Kaede and then behead her. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. This actually has happened like a couple times. Both in a row. Both.
2: Oh, my yeah, gosh. just can't catch a break. I know. She can't. Yeah.
0: Okay. I would behead Sayaka. Okay. Never been a fan of Sayaka. Actually, in our first episode ever of this podcast, um, I I wedded her, I think, and my girlfriend oh, wow. Sarah listened to it back, like since she played it. And she was like, Caroline, that is the wrong opinion.
2: She's horrible. <laughs> I, like, I think I I, I I do remember listening to that and being interested. Being like, in that What? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, no, I would behead her, I think, of this group. Um I would I- I'm definitely flip flopping from past things that I've said. I would bed Hajime. Okay. Um, feel like it would be fun, <clears throat> but would I wed him? <clears throat> I don't know. Okay, nope. Sorry, bed Kaede. We're gonna bed Kaede. Whoa. I know we're. I know last minute change because I think around. I would wed Hajime because he. I don't know. I get kind of annoyed with perpetual positive positivity Mm -hmm. sometimes even if like it's needed sometimes but sometimes things just suck and you just got to be like that sucks and live in that
1: don't worry marcy she's not talking about makoto in this (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) my my love of my life um and yeah so i i just think for a long-term companion i don't know if that Mm -hmm. would be great for me i would need hajime to talk me through stuff
2: understandable yeah
0: Yeah. all right marcy how
2: about you well um funny actually (laughs) i kind of had the same answers as you had the first Mm. time before you changed your mind oh um so behead uh sayaka because i mean love you girl but like game recognizes game i understand your (laughs) problems too well (laughs) Um, yes that's good (laughs) Uh, bed Hajime just because like uh, I I think he understands me Uh, he would know uh, the kind of support that I need for like you know a one and done sort of thing Um, and then then, you know we would uh, get up in the morning and you know have some breakfast and uh, I don't know maybe we would like chat on Facebook Messenger after that (laughs) love it
0: it's the Um, dream
2: and then wed uh, Kaede just because um, number one uh, she deserves better and I want her out of there (laughs) and number two uh, well aside from just I I feel like that we would get along very well because she's just fun and funny um, and is able to sort of like have that how do I say like repartee like she I, I think we would chat very well but also you could ask her to play you music right and oh it's a great so point soothing. yeah I have she's like spotify sleeping. i have trouble sleeping all the time and i like soft piano music so there you go
0: spotify yeah. in a person and marcy what is wedding but getting to bed for a lifetime
2: for a lifetime <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly
0: <laughs> in the words of yakuya togami himself
1: <laughs> I'm uh,
0: did he say that um <laughs> when, when, <laughs> <laughs> when we had jason Wishnov on for oh, his interview okay. He, we, he played Bedweb Ahead in character, and he said something like that. And okay, yeah. We, I, now, I, I
2: hadn't I hadn't seen all the voice actor ones. It's yet, okay. That, that does sound like something he would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, he's like, and what is Wedding? Oh, God. I can't even listen to that interview anymore. <laughs> uh, all right. I love, I love him, too. He's a great guy. All right, Maren, you want to sign us off?
1: I do. I do. Well, Marcy, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We had a yeah. fantastic time talking to you. I- feel like actually my entire view of the game has changed in this one interview in a positive oh. way um yeah so that was that was really exciting to to get to chat but um everyone we've said it you got to go check out the links that we've posted below this episode to know where marcy is um that way you can support her um thank you for supporting us if you'd like to continue to support us you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcast um we love to see it um and i love
0: to see it we love to see it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What that means? We love to see it. Um, And you can become a patron. Yeah, we we the lowest tier is just two dollars a month, and uh, for five dollars you can hang out with us, and that's pretty cool. That's it. it. Um, We'll be back in in a couple weeks, and we can't wait to continue this V three season with you guys. And that's all. Goodbye. Bye -bye. Bye Bye.